0: Hello, welcome into to another edition of the Cattails podcast, the Weber State Athletics podcast. I am Paul Grua and joined today by a Weber State Big Sky and, and track and field legend in head coach, Chick Hislop, the longtime head coach of the Weber State men's track and field and cross country teams. Chick, great to have you. Good to talk with you today. How are you?
1: Very fine. Thank you, Paul.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Chick is a legend that... Uh, Most of you certainly will know uh, very well. He has been a part of Weber State Athletics for a long, long time, a member of the Wildcat Hall of Fame. And he began his career in 1969 as uh, he was named the head coach at Weber State and coached for 38 years as the head coach of the Wildcats, uh, which is the longest tenured head coach of any Big Sky sport in in Big Sky history. And we're going to get into some of the amazing accomplishments that coaches have had over those 38 years, winning mean, 21 Big Sky titles uh, and coaching over 101 uh, conference meets. So there's there's All-Americans, there's all kinds of things that we'll get to throughout this conversation, but uh, it's kind of a historic time because uh, you coach in 101 championships and your first conference meet was 50 years ago this week. Can you believe that?
1: It almost seems like it was yesterday. It doesn't seem like it was 50 years ago, but uh, I guess a lot of water that's gone under the bridge during that length of
0: time. That is a long time, and I'm sure glad that you uh, you, you recognize this. Of course, this would have been, uh, had we been under normal circumstances, Weber State would have been hosting the uh, Big Sky Outdoor Championships this this week, actually, and we'll be able to do that next year. But what do you remember uh, from that championship 50 years ago, 1970?
1: Well, first of all, it, it was held at Weber. And uh, that team was about 50% of the people that on that team was about 50% basketball and football players, and about the other 50% were, were uh, tr- track athletes. Uh, and, of course, that was before I had a chance to have any uh, real influence on, on the athletes. And we ended up third in the meet, uh, got beat by by two points for second place, and we did not score any points in any of the, of the distance runners, distance events at all. Wow. I, I didn't have any uh, – you know, I hadn't had a chance to recruit any uh, distance runners, so we didn't score any points here. Our, our main person was a, a person that a lot of people will remember in just uh, – He was an outstanding athlete, and he has gone on to be just an outstanding individual. He's actually a world famous uh, artist now, and that that was Randy Montgomery. And and Randy won the two hundred and the uh, triple jump force, and and uh, and anchored the uh, the relay force that won also. But the the sad part about it that day that he was. Uh, got a little excited and and he uh, uh, scratched out of the hundred and didn't score any points there, and he also fouled three times in the long jump, and and did not score any points there. And with those with those uh, points, very possibly he would have won, and uh, that that could have given us the the overall victory. But overall, he still did just an outstanding job. And I told him that when it was all over, he really felt bad. and he, told, uh, he was crying and telling me what he had cost the team and everything. Said, hey, Randy, without you, we would have been that <laughs> and, and I, I kept in contact with him throughout the years. He's, and I know he's been very active with the, uh, with the football uh, aspect of it, too, and support, supporting the football program all the time.
0: He still, uh, Randy still ranks in the top 10 in, in a few categories still, even even that many years later.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, very definitely. And, and then the, the other person that, that did an outstanding job for us that day was was a person that we State fans will know and remember, as, uh, Willie Soldier. Willie Soldier won the high jump at seven feet, one half inch. And that was with the old Western Row instead of the Fosbury flop that they use now, that was a Western Roll, And that means that he, his whole body, all six foot eight, 230 pounds was over the bar at the same time. <laughs> and, and uh, he, uh, two weeks later, he went on to take fifth place in the NCAA meeting in the high jump too. Wow.
0: So seven feet and a half inch. That was at the time a big sky record.
1: Yes. Yes. That, 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 he set the record that day and, and, uh, that helped for a while too. And, and he would, uh, and really it was just, uh, what a fun person to work with. He, he was just a, a, a great person also.
0: So how did you, when you first began get these football or basketball players and how did you get them involved and in, in, uh, participate in track and field?
1: Well, I, I really can't take credit for, for that. Uh, uh, the football players, um, uh, the, the coach that uh, came before me, uh, uh, Coach Garvanian, was a close friend of uh, Sark Arslanian. And, and he got the, the football players out. In fact, I think that they kind of recruited a couple of these football players together to, to, get, to get them to come out for both. So he did the, the job of, of getting them out. So that was directly him, and, and I had to talk him into, into coming out the next year afterwards, but uh, uh, Sark did a good job of, of making sure that they did that too. And then uh, Phil Johnson really encouraged um, w- Willie to, to come out. Phil, a lot of people know it. Phil uh, do not know that. Phil Johnson was a, a high jumper himself when, when he was in college, so so he encouraged uh, uh, Willie to, to come out. So most of my recruiting was done for me, and it was
0: on campus. <laughs> that certainly helps a lot. Uh, you're, you're an Ogden native, uh, and you got your start uh, running track at Ben Loman High School, and then you actually ran it at Weber Junior College before going to Utah State. But was track and field always something, and running always something was a part of your life? You- yes.
1: I liked athletics. I, I, I wanted to. I liked any sport. Uh, I used to have all of the uh, – there's another name that a few people recognize from the way back past. I had all of the records of Rex Lane memorized. Rex Lane was a heavyweight boxer at the same time of, about Gene Fulmer, and I could tell you every fight he had and what round he knocked anybody out in and I had all of those statistics memorized. And the same with batting averages for all of the Ogden Reds and everything. I wanted to be an athlete, and uh, I wasn't very athletic <laughs> as simple as that, so uh, uh, the only place I had any success at all was was uh, running away from people.
0: <laughs> there you go well then uh, what about what about coaching though? You, you went on to coach at Ben Lomond High for for ten years before we were state, so when did you start getting an interest in coaching?
1: I got an interest in coaching uh, at at Weber Junior College. Uh, the, the year I was there, Don Hagen was a distance runner and, and he made the, uh, he had gone to Utah State the year before and he transferred back and, he, and we did the workouts that, that Don Hagen had written up and, and we did all his workouts. The next year he was gone and I wanted to get somebody to uh, uh, run with, so I, I taught Carl Holmes into coming out and running he was went to Weber High School and uh, he came out and I coached him and myself and and we did uh, we did all, all the workouts uh, uh, compared to today They certainly went <laughs> not very good workouts but uh, uh, that, that's how I got my start and then I was at, uh, at uh, Utah State there was a high school kid that wasn't getting any coaching and he came up and wanted to be coached and I'd stay after our workouts and, and I would coach him. And and he ended up placing in, in state. And then I got the, uh, i teaching elementary school uh, in, in Weber County for two years before I went to Ben Loman. And I uh, understood that they had a halfway decent uh, distance runner at Ben Loman And I had some ties there with a former coach and so forth. And, he was connected with basketball and football, so I asked him if I could go up and coach the cross, coach him in cross country, and um, that was Lou Mickelson, and he ended up winning the, the state championship that year, and then the next year, uh, I was uh, I was still at the elementary school, but I was go uh, up to Ben Lomond every night after school, and and uh, that's when Wade Bell and his group came along and um, uh wade was an, ended up being an Olympian he ended up running under 4 minutes in the mile and 145 in the half mile when he went to college so i i got got my start there and that was that really helped a lot because once he went to university of oregon i got in close contact with coach byerman from university of oregon and and uh Uh, he was my mentor and uh, we would do the type of workouts and everything that that he would do and he he told Wade when he got the job that all of his workouts were secret no nobody could have an organ workout the kids couldn't send any any workouts or anything to him and uh, after a short time he called me up and and uh, said I know the influence that you that you had on Wade and what Wade thinks of you and everything it's okay if Wade sends uh the workouts down to you and if you have any questions you call me up and we'll talk about it of course that was before the cell phone and it and it was a long distance call that cost money so every time i called up and talked to barman it was between a five and a fifteen dollar call
0: but it, but it paid off for you right absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that was a good investment i would say yes yeah. <laughs> well and then weaver State up the opportunity came up for you to, to move to weaver state and uh what was that process like when you got the job
1: well uh, actually what what happened there is that, that the job was up um, two years before I, I got it and and uh, i was one of the the two finalists for for the job uh i did not i did not get it they gave they gave it to coach garvanian and I was very put out and very disgusted and mad and so forth. And I told my wife, I'm going to write them a letter, tell them what I think. And she says, well, you can write them a letter, but it better be good. And you better thank them for the opportunity of uh, of being considered and, and do, let it go at that. So I wrote the letter and... <laughs> And she changed what she thought should be changed in it. And it was a very positive letter. And I think that was one of the things that helped me get the job two years later when it came vacant. uh, Because
0: of what
1: my wife told me I had to do.
0: Thank goodness for a great wife, huh? Absolutely. (laughs) Do you still have that letter?
1: I don't think so.
0: Yeah, that'd be neat. What a neat yeah. story. Yeah. What a I, neat story. What a neat I, story to be able to get I, that job, though. I got the letter that,
1: uh, actually, they also changed the athletic directors. And uh, Dale Gardner was the, the athletic director when I got the job. And I, I got his letter of of, uh, of accepting me, tell, telling me I just wanted me to, you know, that, that I got the job. Right. Dale told my wife many years later, he says, uh, I did some pretty good things at that waiver and so forth that I'm very proud of. Of course, he was an athletic director when the, the D center was built. But he says the uh, thing that I did that, that I, I'm most proud of now, this was like 30 years later. He says, the thing I'm most proud of now is that I hired a high school coach that had no collegiate experience to be,
0: to be the track coach. I'd say it worked out pretty well.
1: It it did, and, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, for me in a lot of ways, and I I owe an awful lot to to Dale Gardner because he he took a chance on a person that uh, uh, in some ways maybe didn't deserve a a chance right at that moment.
0: Well, you went on to such uh, incredible success. Thirty eight years. Did you ever think you would coach that long? you coach the rest of your career at Weber State. When
1: when I uh, was applying for the job, I was asked why we stayed. Why don't if you go to college, why don't you get someplace where you'd have a chance to, to be successful and move up? Said, that, that's a dead end job. And I guess they were right because it was a dead end job. I, I stayed there for 38 years. I didn't go any place. But
0: <laughs> that was the end. That was the
1: end of the that, road for you. Yeah, that was the end of the road for me. But but uh, and and I was also told by the assistant athletic director when I got the job. He said, "You can. All you've got to do is don't end up last in the big sky, and 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 don't ask for a lot of money. You just keep keep your budget down and don't don't finish last and don't ask for money and you can stay as long as you want." Well, I did one of the two things. <laughs> we, we, we never finished last, but I finally ended up for a little more money. Another thing that that some people may be interested in. When when I got the job, the scholarship for track at Weaver State was four tuition waivers. Period. That's that's all we had. No, no other, other money, uh, four scholarships other than four tuition waivers. And it stayed that way for about six or seven. We we won the Big Sky uh cross country championship, uh still in, under those circumstances circumstances with only four tuition waivers
0: you know you you had to you know you started in 1969 70 was your first year and, and it, it you had some success on the individual basis but it, it took you a little while to win some team championships uh, until you kind of built up to what you wanted to is that right
1: paul you're very kind <laughs> it was it was a little longer than, than a little while
0: a <laughs> uh, long while
1: <laughs> yeah it, uh, We had an indoor team championship and we had two cross country team championships, but I think it took me till 92 to to start winning on a regular basis outdoors. And, and, uh, and a a lot of that was that most of that time we, we were financed either last or next to last in the big sky as far as, as total budget. And, and most of the time we would finish in the, in the first division, we had a couple of seconds and thirds and so forth, in or quite a few goals in there, and uh, but uh, most of the time we were a first division club, but we were not uh, a championship club until. And one thing that helped with that was was when I hired uh, Dan Walker to be the 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 throws coach, or the Philly event coach, and and for. Because when, when I was hired, I was the coach. The the only coach, the only track coach at Weaver State was, was me. And it stayed, stayed that way until I got a, a part-time assistant. And then my second part-time assistant was uh, Dan Walker, who was a distance runner at Weaver State and uh, wanted to, to volunteer to help in any way he could. And he learned how to coach the field events, and uh, one of the great long-time boosters at Weber State, Tom Davison, used to kid me in the, in the 80s and 90s. He used to say, well, I see you won another track. I see you won track again. And I, I knew exactly what he meant, that, that if he scored the track events, we, we would have won the meet, but they had those darn field events. <laughs> yeah. And he says, he says if if you you don't know the whole name of, of what you're coaching, coach slip. he says you're not coaching track, you're coaching track and field. And and uh, uh, Dan Walker was one of the big reasons when when he he got our field events going, and he was one of the big reasons why we changed from a just a good track team to a good track and field team
0: well and that's that, what's so so different about track and field is you have so many events uh you know from from the sprints to the hurdles to the jumps to the the throws events and, and and when you did that at the first of your career, you had to keep track of all that all by yourself
1: and and there's there's really no way that you can and and do justice to all of the different events you you kind of gotta pick and choose it it was a It was a long time before we ever had a non football player score points for us in, in, in the 100 meters it, you know because uh, it was just hard to recruit some somebody and then and then spend time with them too and so forth at, at, uh, to come to Weber the cold cold uh, climate weather and get good people. but we finally finally uh, started to hold our own in the sprint events with uh, track and field athletes and not, not just football players.
0: You know, as you said, kind of the early 90s, it seemed like things really got going for you. And one of the highlights was the 91 cross-country team that finished fourth at the NCAA Championships, which is a remarkable accomplishment. And that kind of – it seemed like about that time is when you got things really going uh, and winning a lot of – started a lot of conference championships. Uh, What do you remember about that squad? Actually,
1: actually – I, you got to go back in a, a year. Maybe the best cross country team that we actually ever had was, was the year before that, and and we just we dominated the the region meet. That's in you know, Colorado BYU and so forth. that very out, outstanding teams. Uh, uh, I think we I think the second I'm I do not have it in front of me, but I think the second team was about 40, 40 points behind us. And, and we just dominated it. and we had a very good team. We had a, a definite plan going into the race. We knew exactly what we were gonna do. The kids ca- uh, carried out the plan magnificently, and, and, we did an out- and they just did an outstanding job. Well, when we got to the uh, national meet, uh, I saw the, the course for the first time, and I was flabbergasted. And there was no flat part on the whole course. It was up and down and up and down. And I knew that some runners had strengths up running up a hill and some runners going down a hill. We did not have a definite team plan going into that race. And and it it affected the outcome of the race. We ended up 12th in the race, which was, was still good. Uh, uh, I always compared uh, cross country to basketball and talk about the final four and the elite eight and the, the uh, sweet 16, et cetera. And so we, we made the sweet 16, which is, which is really outstanding in, in any sport, but we did not have an outstanding uh, race that day. And it, I still take the the blame for that. It was strictly my, my fault but I was gonna make darn sure it didn't happen again. I happened to get put on the NSA rules committee at, at that same year, at that same time. And the next race was going to be held in, in Arizona. And uh, because of my background in cross country, they assigned me as the, as the uh, head rules person for, for cross country. So I had to go and inspect the course beforehand and I knew exactly how that course laid out and where the hills were and everything. And, and, um, so we, uh, prepared for the next year and we, uh, planned our race and the race were plan and did a, a good job in the The region meet and won it once again, but maybe, but not quite as far as, as the year before. And we went to the region meet. i mean into the NCAA meet. And I told the guys, Hey, top eight that the, uh, the uh, elite eight is, is our goal that we should do that and and we planned that race just and uh martin smith the coach at wisconsin he and i spent a lot of times on, uh, on the phone together because we had similar teams he had a, his uh, times his track times for his kids were a little bit better than ours but they were similar similar and, and I told them, hey, that's a course that everybody can go out too fast because in the first mile, there's about a 300 foot drop and then you go back up and, and finish at the same height, but, but everybody's gonna go out fast. and We preached and preached and, and, and worked uh, courses over at the golf course that we go downhill. And, and um, uh, at, at the end of the first mile, Weber and Wisconsin were the last two teams in the race. We were way back and, and we still, the kids still came by in under 440 in the mile, which in cross country is a, is a fast time. And uh, they, as they started to go up the hills and everything, everybody, some of the, some of the guys went out on 410 uh, from other schools, which is just suicidal and as they started to go back up those hills they they started to pay uh hit them and he, uh, even at the halfway mark the second time we went down that hill and then we turned and go up, and they go up uh i had three three guys that passed me and they were right around the 100th place as they got to the top of the hill they were in the 30s uh, wow those those three guys had passed that many people, and they ran it. They ran the race just to for for, to, for perfection, just perfect. And and um, uh, when when it was all over, my son was down there. I was on the rules committee, so I, I could get to go into the to the um, where they were making results. And I I got there just a little bit late, and and they were putting the the teams down, and they put uh, top five on one board and, and then covered it up and, and figuring out the other teams from six to 10, and they were going down on them, and I, oh, six, <laughs> and, got, and got it down to 10, and I just said, oh, man, I can't believe we weren't in the top 10. And then they took the other board over and put it on top, and and Weaver was fourth, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was so excited. I, I ran out, and I, of course, I couldn't tell anybody yet. And and uh, 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 my son was on a hill about fifty yards away from me, and, and he asked me what place, and I put up my four fingers, and then he he put back, he put one four, to, for fourteen, and I shook my head, and I put up four fingers again, and he. Then he did the same thing, and realized what he had done. And we still couldn't tell anybody else for about ten minutes until till it was posted. So uh, that was a that was a, a really a, a time that I will never forget. And uh, Kurt Black and Chris Jones, with two top uh, runners on that team. And, no one had been an All-American before that day, but time they got their careers. Both of them ended up being a, a three-time All-American. Um, uh, Kurt was once in, and twice in track, and Chris was twice in cross country and once in track. So
0: That's we, remarkable. Yeah, what and that 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 is kind of the first team that really got you going there and individual all-american honors and so forth and uh, and then you had so much success as you said starting in the early 90s in outdoor track you went on to win nine outdoor track titles numerous all-americans as well that you've coached Um, and you know and distance distance has been one of your strengths for sure one of the things that you're well known about is particularly the steeplechase how did how did that uh, specialty come about for you
1: well, when I once I started to uh, once I started to get good distance runners at, at Weaver State, uh, I would still get kids that uh, you'd work with and develop that maybe be four twenty-five, four thirty miles to start with, and then time they were seniors, I get them down to about four oh four in that area, and not not quite under four minutes, and and uh, uh, they were close to making it to nationals, but didn't quite. I do it. And and I decided, well, you know, if I could, if I could, if it's just an event, I could teach them a technique other than just running, maybe, maybe we could excel in that. And of course, that event was distance hurdling or, or steeplechasing. And, and, uh, I think our people got more efficient. And they, and they approached it as a hurdle race. Uh, most other coaches approach it as a as a distance race with barriers and we we approached it as a distance hurdle event and became very, very efficient at hurdling and we could have people that would be even with us or, or maybe beat us in a flat race and in a chase, we, we would be the maybe 20 25 seconds.
0: Wow. And, and, you know, you came on uh, to have such success on the men's and women's side in the steeplechase for so many years because of you. And, in fact, you also became an authority on that in in training and technique. And and in 1996, you were an assistant coach for the U.S. track and field team at the Olympics in Atlanta. What what about that experience do you remember the most?
1: Well, that
0: that was – that
1: was – An, an outstanding thing as far as, as me was concerned, but, uh, and in my family, my family certainly enjoyed it. They, they were able to go to it and everything, but the coaching aspect of it, uh, an Olympic coach doesn't do much coaching because they're, they're, they're individual, uh, athletes have their individual coaches and work on that. But just the, that the coaches would, the, the coaches, the track coaches select the, the Olympic coach, and, and the in the distance coaches and so forth, and that that they would select somebody from little old Weber State to, to be one of the assistants at the at the uh, Olympics was was quite an accomplishment, and and it uh, and I think that meant maybe more to me that the, the coaches did that than than I was a I was a first Olympic coach from, from the, the state of Utah. And there's been, there's been three or four since then, uh, Phil, Phil Johnson, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, Sloan, of course, you know, being connected with the, the jazz. Right. And, and then there's been a, a BYU coach that's been on it, but, um, uh, and it was, it, it was, it was a great time. But just being selected, I think, maybe meant more than than the, the event itself.
0: What, an, what a neat honor that is, for sure. You know, there's, you've coached thousands, probably, of athletes, and so it's pretty hard to to even talk about a few. But there's just a couple that I maybe wanted to highlight, and one of them was Farley Gerber, who won an NCAA championship uh, in the steeplechase in
1: 1984. But well, Farley was one of the he, – he was the one – Got the recognition to Weber State about hurdling because his hurdling was so good and, and so outstanding. I had several coaches uh, come up to me afterwards. He said, he said and say, "Oh, that that kid must have run the intermediate hurdles when he was in high school." And I says, "No, he never never run the intermediate. He just picked that up when he's in college." But he was the one that 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 got that going in and his his team his. Championship that year was, was certainly one of the greatest accomplishments for we would say track and field. He, he ended up beating the person that won the Olympic Games that year uh, from Kenya. and, and he, he, he beat him in the, in the NCA meet and, and uh, uh, ran 8 26 which was the American collegiate record for, for 29 years. And, and held up for an awful long time. So, and it was just a, Once again, it was an, an outstanding race. He just did a, an, out, an outstanding job, and, and he was the one that that made everybody recognize that that Weber State was a little bit special when it came to the
0: to the people or the distance for the fatal event. Yeah, that's that's really neat. Another one that won a couple NCAA championships was charlie Klinger and charles Klinger in uh two thousand two thousand and one as a high jumper and had the best mark in the world for, for a time right in the high jump
1: yeah in the, the his senior year, he he had uh, he jumped six eight and uh, seven eight and a half and was the was it was the the top mark in, uh, of the season in in the world and he uh um it was really. He he went he went in at, at everybody else was out. He in the and the meet was held at Pocatello, and he went in at six eleven, and uh, well one one other person had was still in at six eleven. Everyone was out, and and so they had been jumping about an hour and a half since uh, Charlie had warmed up. He went in at six eleven and missed his first two attempts. So so he was down to his his uh, third attempt, and uh, Coach Walker was standing by me and asked me what what he should say to him. I said, hey, I think we would best to just leave him alone." And and uh, I don't know how high he jumped on that next attempt, but it looked to me like it was higher than his his seven eight mark. I mean, he was so far over it. You almost wonder that if he was going to come down on top of it on, on his way down. And, and, uh, and then after that, he did not have a miss in, until he had made 7.8. Seven, seven,
0: wow. That's amazing to think they jumped that high. That's just amazing.
1: And then, then the other thing about Charlie is, is that, that uh, uh, he helped us. He came strictly as a high jumper. And, and he scored a lot of points for us in the triple jump and and the long jump. And he had long jumped a little bit in high school, but he didn't do anything in the 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 triple. And we he went to the national meet the first year indoor meet and he took fifth. And I think he jumped seven two, and and uh, the top two or three were all seven four and above. And and uh, I, I remember I can even remember the corner we were standing on, in Indianapolis, and in Indiana, and he stopped us as we were walking back to the room, and he said, "What can I do to get better?" He says, "I'm not going to be second class," <laughs> and 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 uh, we said, "Well, we'll we'll find out." So we talked, called coaches, and talked to coaches and so forth, and. One thing that everybody recommended was to do a lot of bounding and hopping. And you know so we put that into it and because of his bounding and hopping, he ended up he, he ended up, hey, maybe we ought to put him in the, in the triple jump. Well, he holds his score record by about a foot and a half in, in the triple jump also.
0: So it works. That bounding yeah. and jumping works. Yeah. Not, not only does it work with a triple jump, it works in high jump too. Right. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And then, you know, another one, again, it's it's so hard to, to pick out a few, but the one that a lot of fans know from not too long ago was Wiley King, who uh, was an All-American and set so many records as, as a sprinter and, and a, also a jump jumper and hurdler. And he, he did so many things and one of the, certainly one of the best athletes that we've ever had in, in probably a Big Sky history.
1: I, yes, I think so. I, Wiley was a, a great athlete, and, and when he came to Weber, uh, Coach Rabel had him talk when he came for his visit. He talked to me and said he was, one of the reasons he was going to pick a school was someplace he could run and track. Well, then when he played in uh, football that year, and football was all done, I talked to him about going out for track, and he he said uh, uh, that he decided he, he didn't want to, and then he, he watched us a little bit and watched us hurling and so forth, and and, uh, uh, and then had an experience in the locker room that kind of changed his mind too. But but he and then decided that uh, uh, he wanted to to go out for track. So I asked the coach if that would be possible, and and uh, Coach McBride and McBride said. Uh, no, I that was here before McBride, uh, and and uh, anyway, he he said, "Well, I don't know why uh, he's going to be eligible. His grades are so so bad." And I said, "Well, you you have him come out, and I will guarantee you he will be eligible." And uh, so he said, "Okay." So he had him come out, and he was out about a week and a half. And he, um, I think it was Graybill instead of McBride, but anyway. He, he came storming into my uh, office, and he says, Wiley's not going to, to study hall. He, he's been missing study hall for the last week and a half. And I said, I know. He said, what do you mean you know? I said, well, Wiley has been coming to my house to study. And he has to stay at my house from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock every day every weekday to study his <laughs> grades will be okay well Wiley King not only was an outstanding athlete he ended up on on the honor roll at Weber State
0: wow that's that's pretty neat I didn't know that I hadn't heard that story <laughs> you were a part-time tutor then too I guess or not only a tutor but study hall monitor I guess I
1: was a study hall monitor there was a couple of times when my some sometimes my kids didn't always like it because he studied where where the TV was and he wanted to have the TV
0: on and I said,
1: nope, no no TV was
0: why did so what kind of coach were you I mean how you know you you had to be a tough tough nosed coach right but what what at least that's sometimes maybe the reputation you were but what kind of a coach were you and what did you enjoy most about coaching
1: I. I think I had a, the reputation of being a uh, little hard-nosed uh, at times, but um, I, I wanted, uh, I, I, would get lack, I would get mad at lack of effort more than lack of performance. And, and there's a difference, especially in track and field. Some, sometime if the effort wasn't there, I, I would really get upset with an individual but sometimes they give what they can do, and and, and they're just not at a, at a higher level. Somebody is better than them. Um, Forty Good, we, we recruited uh, one of the, the – one we had an athlete come down from Utah State. Well, from Logan. His, his dad taught at Utah State, and he was from Logan, and he, he heard about it reputation of steeplechase and he wanted to maybe come to Weaver. So he he came down <clears throat> and was on a, a visit and uh, ended up signing with us. And he told me after he signed, he says, well, the biggest reason I came is because of, of what Farley Gerber told me one time and out when we were on the recruiting visit. And I said, what was that? And he said, well, I asked him. I says, um, uh, I've heard stories from Utah State that Coach Inslip is really mean, is is really tough to work with. And and he just partly looked at me and said, "Are you a screw off?" And he says, "No." He says, "Then you'll have no problems." And and uh, I I think that's pretty well sums up the the kids that wanted to see how good they could become uh, we worked really well together and and the kids that weren't there for what i classified as their the right reasons we we would have some conflict sometimes and i've had a few of those young men come back to me and and thank me over the years too in fact i i had one uh, he wasn't really a, a screw off. he was a, a great young man but uh, Jerome Milner called me just yesterday. He's living in Florida now. And he says, Coach, I just had to get back in touch with you. He says, I've, life has gone really well for me and I'm really successful. And he says, I, I always relate it back to you and your discipline. That, that you 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 taught me how to be disciplined and it's affected my my whole life. So, those type of rewards, those type of things sometimes mean more than, than championships or first places.
0: Yeah.
1: When the kids come back and say, hey, you, you made a difference in my life.
0: Yeah, that's what it's all about, really, ultimately, isn't it? And, and you know, you've had so many go on to so many different careers and different places across the country and world. And uh, your influence has been felt all over, for sure. And, and it's neat to hear stories like that. You know, um, you also coached, uh, we're kind of going back in time, but in 1970, uh, 1973, you became the wrestling coach, which you held that job for five years. In addition to track and field, how'd that come about? Well,
1: when I was, when I was in high school, I, I coached both wrestling and and track and they had an assistant football coach, um, that was the wrestling coach at Weaver when I first got the job. And then they wanted to put him in full-time football, so they opened the position. And uh, that was before you had an, uh, a legal indoor season. We had some meets, but any meet we had in the indoor track season, we had to take out of our outdoor budget. And, and we would maybe go to two or three meets during the year, but it, they didn't have a big Sky, uh indoor championship or anything at that time. So um, it it gave them an opportunity for for me to to coach during during the winter in track and field and save the university some money and so forth and and that worked out very well too. We we had good teams. We didn't win the we didn't win the championship, but we went from last or next to last place to be in uh, second the last three years that I, I was there.
0: What a neat thing. And you've coached such a variety, not only track and field, but also in, uh, in wrestling as well. Um, you know, I, one thing that's always amazed me and I started working, uh, my first job at Weaver state in 2004 was, was with track and field. But one thing that's always amazed me about you that I've, whenever I see you is your incredible memory of records and meets and, and results. And I just don't know how you do it, but to think that you've been over a hundred championships and so many things, but you remember them all. And you can always tell me when the top 10 is wrong and all these things. I don't know how you do it.
1: Well, you know, I, I I kind of referred to that when I was young, that how I would memorize all these sports statistics and so forth and And so um I think that helped me in my training and uh, there there was a time i I can't now quite, but there was a time that I could tell the top you anybody's position in, in the top ten in, in any event at Weber, and I could tell most of the results of of the championships, maybe not all of them completely. But the ones that we were involved in, I think i could my My wife asked me the other day she said why have you become so nice? I said. What do you mean? She says. Well, you always call me honey and sweetie and and just always really nice names. And I said, Well, that's because sometimes I can't remember your name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Well, I have, but it, it's amazing the, the 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 knowledge and the 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 information that you have for sure.
1: But my my. My memory's not like it used to be, I'll tell you that though.
0: Well, I don't know about that. You're still doing pretty well. You know, even since you retired, it's been 2006 when you retired, which is hard to believe. But you've still been, uh, I guess, coaching a little bit as well with working out numerous athletes and and training and and teaching and still staying around the sport.
1: Yeah, I do. And I enjoy it. Uh, By the way, I I retired in 2007.
0: (laughs) See, there you go. You already corrected me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, when I first started uh, in 2004, my first job, when I was working for Brad Larson, my first job was to cover track and field and handle that. And so we, we worked closely together and you were definitely intimidating for, to me, but, but we had a good relationship. Well, we but did. I always, re- I always remember when I'd come into my office and there'd be a little handwritten sticky note and it would say, see me, chick.
1: <laughs> and always,
0: my heart would usually drop. You know, like, oh no, what have I, what have I done? And sometimes it wasn't very much, but, but uh, I always, I always remember those for sure.
1: I, I remember when when you were a young whippersnapper too, and and you were, you were intimidated by me a little bit at, to start with, I think. But I, I think you found out the same thing that that uh, uh, if you, it, it's not necessarily the performance; it's the effort. And, and once I found out that you were always willing to give the good effort, that's, you know, it, we, we always worked well together because of that. Yeah, those well, little,
0: I, I appreciate that.
1: Those little yellow sticking, though, I I got to, you know, I, I used to give those to my husband, too. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I, I would put it on the locker. I would put, see me, coach. Or I would put, see me now, coach. And, and, and it, 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 you know, if it was something that they should see me about, they could just come anytime. But if it was now, if the word now was there, they knew they didn't get dressed to go out there. <laughs>
0: They came up right then. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little more serious. I don't think I ever got any of those. So that makes me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, you've been, you know, obviously you work so closely with so many athletic directors and coaches uh, of different sports and, and you've been a fan of and a supporter of Weber State Athletics, uh, not just, of course, track and field, but of all the sports for so many years. And uh, you, you you truly are a legend. And I hope you, you know that and, and understand the, uh, the respect that we have for you and, and the influence you've had on me and as well as as the legendary uh, coach of Weber State. You've helped put Weber State on the map and you know I'll, I'll let you I'll let you close a little bit with with what Weber State's meant to you and what your coaching career has meant to you.
1: Well thank you Paul uh, you know I I think sometimes that legend idea can go a little bit too far. the uh, the reason a person is classified as a legend, I think is because he's been there so darn long and, and people just can't get rid of him. And, and, uh, I think that's a lot of it, but Weber state and Weber state athletics has been great to me and my family and, and everyone that I have been associated with up there have been absolutely outstanding. And there's a couple of people that, Everybody's an outstanding, as I said, but there's a couple of people that that is just above and beyond others that I I would like to mention. And Anne Milner uh, is more more likely the the greatest president that that I ever worked under. Uh, she was she was every place, I and mean, she would do she'd be the nomad, to the to the games, to the meets, to the to in any activity that was on campus and she just did an outstanding job and, and I really really appreciated her. Uh, Gary Crompton and, and John Johnson were my two top uh, athletic, athletic directors uh, plus Dell Garner for giving me the job but those two did a, did an outstanding job and uh, very supportive. And as uh, uh, supported sometimes uh, a little beyond uh, what I expected. They they would they try to find a way to, to help and be successful. But uh, in in all the all the people and all the other different jobs uh, at at Weber, um, I think <laughs> I think they knew and understood my my personality. And they knew that sometimes I would fly off the handle, but uh, that I would not hold a grudge, and and that I would be right back to to uh, wanting things done well. And it was it just a, it's a it was a great thirty eight years that I while I was up there, but it's been a very fine twelve years since then also, and and uh, uh, they're still supportive. Uh, everybody uh, is very supportive in, in every way. And then the last group, of, uh, well, there's one other group of people, one other person I certainly have to mention is, is Dan Walker. Is, is what an outstanding assistant coach. You could not find a more loyal person to me, and, and he just was an outstanding person. And then the other group of people I would like to mention is the Weaver State bands and the in the Weaver State boosters in in the community. What a a pleasure it has been in my life to work in the atmosphere in the community that I've been able to to work in. I appreciate it very very much.
0: Well, it's been a that's very well said, and it's been a pleasure for us too. And. You know, a lot of people don't know, and it goes unnoticed, and you probably don't even want to talk about it either, but you've given uh, a tremendous amount of, of resources and money as well to support things from academics to, to the track and field program to other things as well. So you're, you've given a lot back as well, which we appreciate. Well,
1: I've, I have. I've, I've given some, but at the same time, uh, when you have been given much, you better give much in return. And and I have certainly been given much from from the Weber State community.